The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Father, send us your word. Help us to get set for the things you have prepared for us. Prepare us for those things, O oh God, that we may lay hold on them, we may apprehend them, and experience and enjoy them in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. I'll start from Psalm 50, verses 1 and 2 today, just as we continue to get you set for the movement conference. Psalm 50 from verse 1, The mighty one, the Lord has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, referring to the church, you and I, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. What a description of who we are. The perfection of beauty. God will shine forth. Out of Zion, he will shine forth. And in verse 5, he says, gather my saints together to me. That's what we're going to be doing this weekend. We are gathering together from all walks of life, all corners of the world, the various continents where the king's word everywhere family the new family and the unboxed church family, everywhere we are, we are gathering together unto him, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And I believe God that spoke and calls, the God that still speaks today and calls, is going to be doing some amazing things in our lives and through our lives. He will shine forth through us. Psalm 68, verse 11, the Lord gave the word. And great was the company of those that proclaimed it. Yes, our father in the faith, Dr. K, received the word originally. But it's not just his word or his, his call or his vision alone. Everyone that is a part of this global church family, it's now your word as well. It's now your call as well. It's now your vision. A, a great company is proclaiming this word all over the world. And God wants us to come together to do something amazing in our lives. I love what um, we saw in the book of Acts. The other Sunday, we were learning how the early church was able um, to fulfill their mandates. And in Acts chapter 4, the Bible shows us something powerful they did. In a time of persecution and affliction, verse 23 says, Being let go, they went to their own companions. KJV says company. It's good for a believer to have a company that you can go to. They went to their own company and they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. We need to be able to come together as a company of believers from time to time and pray together and hear from God together and receive from God together. And that's what, of course, every Sunday service offers us and every convention. When we have annual conventions like this, and that's what this, um, this, this, this this convention this weekend is, this movement convention. It's doubling as our summer blast and supernatural conferences that we have this year. It's going to be an amazing time. I want to refer you also to Psalm 133. Um, Reverend Victor Ademi was talking to us about this. I want us to read it again. Last weekend, as we were wrapping up our fasting, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. We're going to come together as a church family. We're going to be united in the Spirit. And what will happen? Verse 2, it is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. The oil of God upon the call, upon this house, it will flow. 
from our father and our father's fathers, the oil will flow and it will touch everyone that is a part of the body when we come together in unity. And not only should we look out for the oil, verse 3 says it is like the dew of Haman descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Hallelujah. So we should watch out for the oil and watch out for the blessing. And I believe God is going to be releasing that afresh over every single one of us. So get set. It's going to be an amazing weekend. Your life will never remain the same again. Also, as we, as we prepare, I want us to, again, pick um, up the teaching today from where we left off last Sunday. We were talking about things we need to understand that will make our faith more effective. I call it the understanding of faith. And we left off with these thoughts um, that first and foremost, you ought to take possession of your spiritual possessions. If you're going to be that person that has the faith that takes possession of possessions, whether it's a private um, promise like healing or um, prosperity or a corporate promise like a call or a vision given to a body of believers, if we are going to manifest what God has given us, the first thing we ought to do, and we need to understand this and know how to work in it, is first and foremost take possession of your spiritual possessions. And by spiritual possessions, I'm referring to the promises and the prophecies of God. That's the first thing to lay hold of, to take. Don't, don't be focused on taking the physical manifestation first. It's good for us to understand this. Remember again, we quoted this text last Sunday, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. All the promises of God in Him, referring to Christ, they are yes, hallelujah, and in Him, they are amen to the glory of God through us. If you are in Christ, any and every promise you can find in Scripture and any and every prophecy of God that, that relates to you, God has already given you a yes to it. And you can learn to, if you can learn to hold on to that promise, hold on to that prophecy, eventually you will be able to possess the possession as in manifest this. Hallelujah. So the call to raise a supernatural army, and I want to connect these thoughts to what we are teaching right here. The call to raise a supernatural army is included in the promises of God. Hallelujah. Any God-given call or any God-given vision or any God-given mandate is a part of God's promises and God's prophecies, at least to those people that believe it and receive it and run with it. Praise God. And in the last 30 years, God has proven to us in the Kingsword family that this is a heavenly vision. We've seen healings after healings, miracles after miracles, God prospering people from one level to the other, so saved all manner of acts of God in our midst. So this call is something we ought to take possession of. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1 again. I want to read verse 4 to you again. By which are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through loss. It's when we begin to lay hold on the promises of God to us, and I'm telling you the call to raise a supernatural army is included in that. 
as we begin to lay hold on those promises, we are able to partake of the nature of God. And ultimately, we will manifest um, all these promises physically in our lives. Praise God. You know, the promises of God work like a promissory note. And I know in these days of electronic banking, there may be people listening to me, maybe you've never heard that phrase before. A promissory note or a check. Even these days, some people don't use check anymore. You see, these are financial instruments. The promissory note is an older version of a check. And God's promises work like a check. If you came to me and I promised to give you a million naira um, and I wrote you a check, you don't have the cash yet. But as long as you have that check in hand, you know that it's only a matter of time. It's just a matter of you going to the bank, paying it into your account, and eventually the money will be transferred to you. You will eventually have possession of the cash, the one million naira cash. But the first thing you need to do is to hold on to the one million naira check. The one million naira check is not the one million naira cash, but it's as good as the one million naira cash. And if you can hold on to that promissory note or that check and take possession of it, you see, if you lose the check, you may never get the cash. But if you can hold on to the promise, eventually you will have the cash. And that's the principle I'm trying to get you to understand here. You, you've got to learn to hold on to the spiritual promises and lay hold on that first. If you will lay hold on the promise of by the stripes of Jesus you are healed, it's only a matter of time. You will eventually take possession of divine health and healing in your body. And that applies to any promise of God. This was the mystery that the patriarchs understood. When you study their story, let, let, let's look into the book of Hebrews again, chapter 11. And I want you to just pay particular attention to the word promise. See, this is what they did. They, they laid hold on the promise. They didn't have the physical manifestations. That came later. The first thing they did was to lay hold to the, on the check that God gave them. Hebrews 11, look at verse 9 with me. By faith, he, referring to Abraham, he dwelt in the land of promise. Oh, let that sink into your thoughts this morning. The land of promise. Before the land eventually became a physical possession for the children of Abraham, it was first of all a land of promise. All God gave Abraham was a promise. But he held on to it. They called it here the land of promise. As in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Watch this again. As heirs with him of the same promise. Heirs of the promise. We're going to come to that in a moment. Look at verse 11. Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Hallelujah. She judged him faithful who had promised. The patriarchs understood this principle we are sharing here. All they had to do to eventually take possession of their possession that God wanted them to have was to hold on to the promise. In fact, this is what Hebrews 11.39 says concerning all the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Amazing. They didn't receive the manifestation. They didn't receive the promise. Verse 40, God having 
provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect without us. What is he telling us there? He said, for practically all of them, when they died, what God actually told them, it hadn't fully manifested yet in their lives. Yet they had seen some things. But what God said hadn't happened. But they kept holding on to the promise. Holding on to the promise. So every time we read scriptures like Genesis 24.1, uh, I think we need to read it, read it in a better understanding. Genesis 24 verse 1. Now Abraham was old. We, we shared this text at the beginning of this year. Well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. You may be tempted to think it meant Abraham had manifestations of everything God had said in his life by the time he died. But that's really not what he's saying. What he's saying is that Abraham had taken possession of the promises. Hallelujah. He didn't have the land, for example. When Abraham died, he had not yet conquered the whole land of Canaan. It took several generations of the seed of Abraham to eventually take possession of the land of Canaan. It didn't happen until the generation of Moses and Joshua, hundreds of years after. But God had promised it to Abraham. And by the time he was dying, Abraham had that promise like a check in his hand. Hallelujah. He took possession of the promise. And he was able to pass it on to his children. Praise God. Look at Genesis 25 with me this morning. We are learning something powerful. The first thing you must learn to do, you need to understand this principle. If you are going to be someone that has the faith that possesses their possessions at the end of the day, you must first take possession of the promise. Genesis 25 verse 5. And Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. That was the son of promise or the seed of promise. Verse 6. But Abraham gave gifts, gave gifts to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had. If you know the story, Abraham had other children after Isaac. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward, away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. Amazing text. He said Abraham gave the lands, the ones he had bought. Remember, he had not taken full possession of Canaan land. And all the money and all the assets he had, he shared that one among the children of the concubines. But to Isaac, he gave him all. He gave Isaac the blessing or he transferred the promise or faith in the promise. That's what he transferred to Isaac. That's what Isaac transferred to Jacob. And that's why the verse we read earlier um, in Hebrews 11:9, it said that they were heirs of the same promise. Glory be to God. You read Genesis 27 and Genesis 28, when Isaac was about to die, how he transferred that same promise um, to, to Jacob. There was that tussle between Jacob and Esau on who will get the blessing. And something very interesting, look at Genesis 28. I, I won't have time to read to chapters 27 and 28. You can read that at home. But watch what the Bible told us, Genesis 28, verse 3. May God Almighty was now praying over Jacob. In fact, you know what? We should read this from verse 1. Genesis 28, verse 1. Glory, glory be to God. I want us to read from verses 1 to 4. Something very powerful I want you to see here. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him. I want you to see how the patriarch, patriarchs talk. Um, thoughts and how their mind operated, the kind of understanding they had. And he said to him, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, 
to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. They were sending, he was sending Jacob away. Take um, your wife, take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother. And watch what he did. He did not give him any money. He did not give him any land. He did not give him any possessions. Verse 3. He just blessed him. Watch what he said. Verse 3. May God Almighty bless you. Hallelujah. And make you fruitful and multiply. Remember, I had already blessed him in 27. He was just pronouncing it again over him. And give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants that you may inherit the land. Hallelujah. They knew God had promised them the land. But at that time, they were not possessing the land yet. Oh, maybe they had bought a few parcels here and there. But they knew they were not walking in the fullness of it. And that's what Hebrews 11 was telling us. When they died, they had not fully inherited the promises. But then they had the spiritual promise as a possession. And they passed it on to the next generation as an inheritance. That's what he was doing here. That's what his father did for him in chapter 25. Passed on the promise of God as an inheritance. And that's what he was doing for Jacob. Give you the blessing of Abraham, verse 4, to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave Abraham. Glory be to God. They took possession of the spiritual possession first. It didn't matter if they didn't have a physical land. It didn't matter if they didn't give it. Look, if you read that story when Jacob left the house, he only had a bottle of oil with him. Nothing else. Didn't take any title, deeds, didn't take anything. But he had possession of the spiritual possession. I'm asking myself today, how many people are trying to lay hold on divine healing and health, but have not taken possession of the promise of by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed? How many people are trying to take possession of physical wealth and material wealth and have not yet taken possession of the promise that God will make you prosperous, that he has given you the riches of Christ, in, 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 um, the riches of God in glory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You study Romans chapter 4. Glory be to God. This was what Abraham did. They, they detailed it there. I wish I had time to go into Romans 4 with you. The verse 1 says, what shall we say then of Abraham? Um, our father in the faith, whom he has, um, what, what has he found? You see, Abraham found this. What shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the, to the flesh? He understood this principle. And the Bible said, um, he, he, he just kept holding on to the promise God gave him, so shall your descendants be. I have made you a father of many nations. And he against hope, believed in hope. And he just held on to the promise. No manifestation yet, but he held on to the promise. And after a while, the manifestation showed up. Praise God. Let me say three powerful things here as I, as I begin to wrap up this morning. And I just want you to understand this principle. Number one, when we are talking about the promises of God and the prophecies of God, you should remember that these are covenant promises sworn to in the blood of Jesus. It is a valid check of heaven. And while an earthly check, I think here it's about six months, an earthly check will... will um, it will go stale or expire. The promises of God never expire. Hallelujah. The Bible says there that the gifts and callings of God, Romans eleven twenty nine, they are irrevocable. They are without repentance. The promises of God never expire. People just drop them. It's like losing a physical check in the natural. 
And when you lose a physical check, the bank will never give you the cash at the end of the day. Number two, please grasp this as we are talking about laying hold on spiritual possession here. It's important to note that um, in the New Testament, these promises were made to Jesus. That's why he says the promises are in Christ, yes. They were made to Jesus. Hallelujah. You and I are just privileged beneficiaries when we are in Christ. So the fulfillment of the promises is not a function of what I do or what you do per se. It's not what we do when it comes to our day-to-day living. No, they become fulfilled in our lives as long as we're in Christ. They will never fail. We just need to learn to keep holding on to them. Because God is not going to disappoint Jesus. No matter what you are going through, just hold on to what God has said to Jesus. Hallelujah. They were made to him. They are true to you and I in Christ. And as long as you are in Christ and you keep holding on to the promises, be rest assured it's only a matter of time. He makes all things beautiful in its time. That's how God operates. Number three, as I wrap up this morning. Promise here does not imply what God is going to do. I always tell people God doesn't speak English. You see the word promise translated there. He doesn't speak Greek or Hebrew as well. It's not that God is going to do it. In fact, on the contrary, it's speaking of things that God has already done. Some of these things were even done before the foundation of the world. But they were fulfilled on Calvary's cross in Christ. Many of these things have been done already. Your healing is done. Your prosperity is done. Glory be to God. The, when we say promise, I'm not saying God is going to do it. God has done them already. Learn to hold on to them like you will hold on to a check. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to wrap up with this here this morning. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. The God that has promised us is faithful. The God that has given us the commission to raise the supernatural army, he is faithful. The one that called 30 years ago, he is still faithful today. If we hold on to the call that he has given us, to the vision he has given us, to the mandate he has given us, hold on, you may not have physical manifestation. Don't let that bother you. Hold on to the call. Hold on to the promise. He that has called us is faithful. It's only a matter of time. Hallelujah. The manifestations will start coming. And ultimately, we will possess the physical possession. If we first and foremost hold on to the spiritual possession. He also said this in that text from verse 24. And this is what we are going to be doing this weekend. Let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, even as much more as we see the day approaching. I mean, this applies to our week-in, week-out services, and much more to our annual conferences. Because we know he that has promised is faithful, let us come together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as we come together, God will do something. He will stir up love and good works in us. And by the way, that will help us to come about, um, to, to come to a place of manifestation of those promises. Faith worked by love. So I want to encourage everyone, don't just come for this conference this weekend. Call everyone that you can reach. Both church members and guests and friends. Glory be to God. 
encourage them. I want to talk to pastors, resident pastors, um, shepherds, zonal pastors, cell leaders. If you had a small group, reach out to anyone, anyone that may have been tempted because of this physical lockdown that has been on for the four or five months to forsake our gathering together. Let's bring them together, particularly at this time. Because the God that has called is going to speak. He's going to release fresh oil over our lives. And he's going to release fresh blessings over our lives. Let's hold on to the word and the promises and the prophecies he has given us. And in a matter of time, we'll possess the physical manifestations of our possessions. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.